0: From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. I'm your host, Nicholas Ibarra. And we're doing something a little different on today's episode. Most episodes, as you know, we have a guest, we discuss their work, we discuss their craft, and then we do a little segment called Gimme Three, where our guests give us three film recommendations of work that may have flown under your radar. But on this week's episode, we've decided to get our three producers together and give you all a Gimme Three for 2019. All three of us are going to give you guys three recommendations from 2019 of movies that may have flown under your radar. So I'm pleased to be joined today by PGA member, LADFF festival director, and the love of my life, Ms. Sonia Maru. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And also for the first time on the mic, he's our mixer, editor, and producer, and the platonic love of my life, Anselm Kennedy. And you all know me, writer, director, first AD, cinephile, and Packers fan, Nikki Barra. Before we get into it, just want to re-mention that our suggestions are hopefully things that you may have missed. You know, we assume you've heard of Once Upon a Time, Parasite, 1917, Little Women, so on. These movies that came out this year, but we want to uh, give you something that you may not have heard of. So I'm going to get us started here, um, and I'm going to start us off with a movie from Mexico called La Camarista, or the chambermaid which is directed by Lila Aviles. Very simple story, quite comparable to Roma if you guys saw that that came out last year. So the chambermaid is is about that. It's about a maid who works at a kind of upscale prestigious hotel in Mexico City, comparable to Roma in that it's about a maid, although Roma seems to judge its character through its relationship to the family that she serves. This film really centers on our main character, Eve. She tends to this world, but she doesn't have access to it. And it's really, it's a very simple story, but it's really, really beautifully done. It's actually my favorite performance of the year by this actor that nobody's ever heard of, I'm assuming, Gabriella Cartel. Um, and she is just gives a heartbreaking performance about this Woman who's just trying to better her situation in life. She's looking for a promotion. She keeps asking about it every day. She works these long hours. She's got a kid at home that we never see because we only see her at work. She gets to work early every morning to try and take these classes so she can get her GED. And you just learn so much about this character through a almost silent performance. She never tells you anything about her lot in life or her struggles or what she's doing, you just are in this world with her. You're in her day-to-day life, and you get a sense of what her life is like and what she's going through. So it's beautifully directed, it's beautifully performed, and there's this one shot towards the end of this movie that might be my favorite shot also of the whole year. This movie has my favorite performance of the whole year and my favorite shot of the whole year. And this one shot, I've only seen this movie twice, but both times the shot brought me to tears. So La Camarista, or The Chambermaid, check it out. It is... Available right now to stream on Stars if you have a subscription to Stars, you know, and it's also available to rent on any other streaming platform. And if my vouching for it isn't enough, it also has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, completely snubbed in all of the American award season stuff. So The Chambermaid, check it out and let me know what you think about it, please, because I would love to hear your thoughts. Sonia, let's get your first your first of three.
0: It's a film that's actually nominated for two Oscars this year. So I don't know if it's technically under the radar, but being that it's a documentary from Macedonia, it might have flown under the radar of a lot of people anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie called Honeyland. I mean, I guess like before I describe what it's about, it's incredibly beautiful. The filmmakers basically accidentally came upon the subject of this while trying to make a documentary about a river in the area. And that uh, led them to find these beehives that were clearly like natural-ish, but tended by a human. And through asking around, they find out that they're tended by this woman and she lives alone in this village that seems to have been like deserted and it's uh she lives with her mom and it's just the two of them and she raises bees and sells honey and that's how she lives her life and what's beautiful about it is the setting is really unfamiliar to me and I would imagine to many people I don't think Macedonia is like a super hot uh destination for a lot of Americans and especially not this (laughs) completely empty village so it's just beautiful and like natural. Also just what it has to say about like the love and like the way that nature and humans can cohabitate and live, you know, in symbiosis. And then it also is heartbreaking because throughout the documentary, the things that this woman encounters like really just show you how awful humanity is and how disconnected we are from each other and from the earth. And that's shown through her relationship with these this family that moves into her village and starts their own beekeeping operation. And they don't have any of the love and principles that she has. The family
1: is walking chaos, basically, <laughs> when they <Yeah. laughs> come into this village. Like, it's a quiet, nice, quiet village, and this family comes in, and it's just the sound design goes bananas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, you literally see, like, a bunch of cows, like, rushing through this, like, area, and there's, like, babies and small children practically getting trampled, you know, and the mother's just trying to manage these cows, and, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, the family that moves in, I don't think that they have bad intentions, but it's just, like, what we do to survive Mm -hmm. can be really awful, Right, And it was just a great movie, and I totally – it's nominated for Best Documentary and Best Foreign Film, which I think is pretty impressive. Probably the first time – in fact, I think I looked it up. I think it was the first time that that's ever happened. Yeah, it's just like this tiny little story that I felt like said everything about the world. Like just had so much to say in just this tiny little package that could seem like just – insignificant like this woman could have lived and died and nobody would have known right if these filmmakers hadn't found her by accident
1: yeah it's a simple story it's very poetic it's it's biblical in a way also this story um yeah. but uh yeah i loved it also and there's a few moments in there where really nothing's happening it's just your your the the camera's just fly on the wall kind of watching this you know a moment happen in this woman's life that would otherwise seem fleeting probably even to her but they will stick with me forever I really like it honeyland
0: I don't know if it's even available yet for streaming
1: it is available uh, to rent on all streaming platforms oh, okay. I recommend you guys check it out and try and check it out before those awards come out but you know if even if you don't check it out at some point in your life because it is it's worth it and you you're gonna learn a lot I definitely did and you get to also see a kid get kicked in the chest by a cow which was uh i i my jaw opened about 7 times in the movies this year and that was one of them like i was like wow that cow just kicked the kid right in the fucking chest and he goes flying it's it's a really bonkers moment one of the other things that was interesting about the making of the film is as we discovered the filmmakers did not speak the language that the characters speak in the film. So they're actually filming, they're observing, you know, interesting stuff happening, but they didn't realize until they got the transcript and post just how crazy the story had unfolded before them. It's pretty incredible. So Honeyland, excellent first choice, Sonia, uh, That is, as I mentioned, available to rent on all streaming platforms right now. Might be available on Hulu if you have a Hulu subscription, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, your first. Give me three.
2: So for my first one, as a preface, my three are all not necessarily hidden hidden gems. Uh, I realized while compiling this list that 2019 was a year that I saw fewer movies than I have in the past decade oh really um and specifically kind of ones that would have flown under most people's radar i kind of went with
1: you had a busy year work-wise i did
2: yeah so i i kind of went with the general critically acclaimed movies as opposed to ones that i might have to sit through and it end up being a bomb right rather if i was focusing time on watching movies it'd be something that i genuinely knew was going to be a good film going into it so for my three i'll start with the most known and try and get up to hidden gem by the number one spot cool so my first one is peanut bear falcon Okay, cool. Um, I think that it was probably- kind of hidden, yeah. Kind of. And it especially came in of the two uh, Shia LaBeouf films, I feel like Honey Boy got a little bit more publicity because it was so directly tied to his life and his upbringing. Right. And also Peanut Butter Falcon, dealing with people with disabilities, that mm-hmm. generally goes under the public's radar more often than not. Right, um, right. So I'd like to steal Sonia's interpretation of this film as you say, that it's the Huck Finn with Shia LaBeouf and Zach, the lead character who has Down syndrome, as they kind of free him from his world that he's known up until this point in a group home setting. And he actually gets to go on kind of this mystical adventure. Absolutely. Um, it was a movie that I saw kind of sandwiched in between some heavy films. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just a really nice breath of fresh air to see something kind of uplifting the story's pretty easy to follow so you don't have much going on there but I, just the heartwarmingness of it kind of separated itself for me from a lot of other films
1: yeah it's definitely a, a feel good yeah feel good movie the kid who plays zach i don't i, I don't know his name offhand but he's really really good in I think it think it might
2: actually be zach Oh, is
1: that his yeah. name, Zach? But he's yeah.
2: It's it's a really great performance by him. Yeah, and it's just it's fun, which you don't get when you go to the cinema. A lot of times you get the heavy, drawn out performances by a lot of people, and uh, that's what I, that's why I just really enjoyed this one because mm-hmm. it was on the nose. It was what it was going to be, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I related to it, and the adventure that they're going on, the dream that this character wants to achieve is he wants to this is not a spoiler because they right. give it in the first 10 minutes but he wants to become a professional wrestler yeah you had the um, wrestling type. so which
2: is embarrassingly what i wanted to be when i was a little kid so i think a vast majority of males growing up in the late 80s early 90s wanted the same thing. <laughs> yeah yeah i guess you're you're probably right but in any case, it's
1: got a lot of heart, and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, a very, it's a very fun flick. Excellent choice, Peanut Butter Falcon, Mr. Kennedy's first of three. So, going into my second of three is another feel-good picture called Blinded by the Light, directed by Gurinder Shada. Uh, she also directed another great film, Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, which is a great movie, uh, a great sports movie. No secret why I love this movie. It's about a brown kid who falls in love with Bruce Springsteen's music, so it's pretty much my life story. The movie is about this kid, Javed. He's an Indian-English teenager uh, who has dreams of becoming a writer. His family like goes through these hard times. His dad's getting laid off. His mom's you know sewing stuff at home. She's working all hours of the night. He's got to work to pitch in in the family. His teenage angst is going crazy. It takes place during the 80s. And on top of all that, racism is like rampant in this small town that he lives in. And through his buddy, he discovers Bruce's music. And surprisingly to him, Bruce actually speaks pretty heavily to this Indian guy who lives in England and speaks all the elements in his life. Um, and it's just a great, great coming-of-age story. It's got a lot of heart. It takes place in the 80s, and it definitely like feels like a great eighties movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, the, and it just, it it shows the power of music and art. Um, and it shows the power of Bruce's music. Like I'm a diehard Brucer. I became, I got you into Bruce. I'm going to take credit for it.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like that's not true. We went to the show and I was like, Who's gonna open for Bruce Springsteen? And this like whole crowd of people was like, "Who are you? <laughs> Nobody opens for Bruce." And I uh, was like, "Oh man, I'm out of my element here." But by the end of the four hour concert, I was a huge fan. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: but you know, the, this movie—if you—if you're not a Bruce fan, this movie might be the gateway drug because uh, it's just—it's a beautiful story and it shows how powerful his music is and how, you know, I listened to his music growing up and I'm like, man, this music speaks to me. It speaks to me as an American. All his music speaks so heavily to, um, you know, just like the history of America. You can listen to all his albums and and kind of get a sense of w- where our country's come and gone. But then you watch this movie and you're like, wow, it works on so many other levels. And, you know, it works, it, it can connect with people. And that's why I guess he's a world famous musician. But yeah, Sonia, you saw well, it with me. What did I think you think? He,
0: it's also worth noting this was based on um, a memoir. Yes. So this is like a real.
1: It's a true story. real
0: man was a teenage boy at one point in the 80s. But yeah, like he really, it changed his life. He really goes to America just to see where Bruce Springsteen's from. Like it just changes his life. And he's gotten to meet him like a dozen or so times. I mean, they got the blessing from Bruce to like, you know you can use twelve songs in your movie, which is kind of incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, yeah and obviously the music's great. Not just the Bruce music in it. There's these great musical sequences, like musical musical sequences in it. It's got a great soundtrack on top of the on top of the Springsteen soundtrack.
0: Yeah, the way they interpret the music is like it's not heavy-handed. It's like really perfectly woven into like telling his story but also like breaking into like you know, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Now when I listen to certain songs, I think of that movie because of like the expression, I forget the actor's name, but he is the cutest guy on the planet besides Nick. I'm going to butcher just, like, his name. picture his face when I hear these songs now.
1: We should give him due. I'm going to butcher his name, but it's uh, Vivek... Kalra, I believe is how you say it, but he gives an outstanding performance, and I don't have his name, but the guy who plays his father gives also, in my opinion, one of the best performances of the year that nobody's talking about. He makes you, you know, in a 10-minute span, will make you laugh your ass off, he'll make you afraid of him, and he'll make you cry. The The movie does these great tonal shifts that... uh you know, are not easy. She's very talented at that. With all her movies that I've seen, it's a great film. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll laugh again, and then, and then at the end, you'll cry tears of joy. Another feel good movie. Blinded by the light. It's available on Blu-ray. It's available on DVD, and available uh, to rent on all streaming platforms. Check it out.
0: Bruce.
1: <laughs> all right, Sonia, you're second. <laughs>
0: oh. How do I follow that up?
1: You can't actually. This is a trap.
0: Okay. So I had told Nick my three in advance and one of them was going to be a book, but I decided I'm just going to go with three movies. Oh. And also cause I, you know, don't like, I like to keep him on his toes. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to say the dead don't die is my uh, second pick, which again, pretty mainstream movie. I mean. It played at Con this year. It is directed by... I call him Jim Jarmusch. Nick calls him...
1: Jim Jarmusch.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. Leave a message in the comment. I don't know which one it is. I think it's probably
1: Jarmish. It's probably Jarmish, but it's not as fun to say. That's <laughs> true. <laughs>
0: but anyway, one of my favorite directors, writers, just the best. But yeah, I loved The Dead Don't Die because... Well, one, it has, like, an amazing cast, as all of his films do. Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Chloe, Sevigny, Tilda Swinton, Iggy Pop, Tom Waits, uh, RZA, Mm -hmm. that guy that I love, who I can't remember his name, and all the other ones. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the rest. (laughs) The one who plays the crazy brother in Get Out. (laughs) Right. I'm, like, blanking on his name. I love him so much. Oh, Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones. Um. Anyway. If I left anyone out in the cast, you're all great. Super great cast. And, oh, Selena Gomez. But um, anyway, it uh, another one of those, like, I love a movie that has, like, a specific story. This is about zombies. Again, don't think I'm giving anything away on that. But, uh, but then it's just, like, again, about the people's relationship to the earth mm-hmm. and uh, the toxicity of that. Yeah, it's just, like, hilarious. So funny. But then also really thought-provoking. And then... Continuously, also still hilarious. And uh crazy ending.
1: Really crazy ending. I mentioned earlier that I, that I had a few, like seven jaw-dropping moments in, uh, you know, in the year, and the ending of this movie, I think, was one of them. I thought it was beautifully done. I, re- I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And then I think I have to note, the theme song uh, is called The Dead Don't Die, and it's by Sturgill Simpson. And I think he's just like, the best like I love him him and like Jason Isbell are like my two like music uh boyfriends right now Sturgill Simpson was also in Queen Slim and mm-hmm. he plays the police officer at the beginning even though he plays like a despicable role he was like so great in that very so good, it was cool yeah. to like to see him like breaking out into like the film world because I think he fits in like perfectly
1: yes his mu- his music is very cinematic and um, the way that they use the song that he writes for the movie is hilarious and brilliant, as only Jarmusch can do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's, he does have a cameo in Dead Don't Die as well, but very, like, minimal. Um, but yeah, he's he is great.
1: Yeah, if you're a fan of, of Jarmish or Jarmouche, however you'd like to say it, if you're a fan of his, I think you'll really enjoy it. God, it's deadpan comedy you know it moves at a jarmusch pace and it's it's a I mean it's a it's a fresh take on a zombie film which i'm always down to see
0: yeah definitely
1: so sonia excellent second choice the dead don't die directed by jim jarmusch it is available i assume on all streaming platforms to rent and or buy and available on blu-ray and dvd check it out have a good time and mr kennedy your second
2: Well, first of all, the Dead Don't Die is also streaming on American Airlines flights currently because I attempted to watch it and started the first five minutes of it and realized it's definitely not a plane movie, that I wanted to give it a little bit more attention than it deserved, and I haven't gotten back around to it yet, but – I am looking forward to getting to it at some point. My second one is a film that I'm slightly biased on because I do know the directors of it and have been doing a podcast with them for a couple of years mm. as well. Um, it's Ready or Not. Oh, you know them. That's very cool. I do. They're great people. Matt Bentonelli open and Tyler Gillette. Uh, it's a film that I don't think I would normally see if I didn't know The people involved in the making of it because I'm not necessarily a horror enthusiast. Mm -hmm. Um, but the good part about this movie is that it has a wonderful pairing of horror and comedy. It plays well to its general stereotypes in a horror genre and kind of plays them up and gives you a, a lot to laugh at as well. For those who don't know the plot, it's hide and seek, but, uh, murderous game of hide and seek, (laughs) uh, in a rich, wealthy family's estate shortly following the marriage between the lead actress Samara Weaving and, uh, the lead actor's character who I can't think of right now. His family is a board game tycoon. And, uh, after the members of their family get married, they have a choice of games that they play. Most of them are very civilian and casual, but, uh, One out of every so often you get the murderous hide and seek. And uh, so it's it's a cool self-contained like in one location, mostly throughout the film. And it's wildly funnier than I was expecting it to uh, be. So, yeah. Ready or not's my second one.
1: That's very cool. I haven't
2: seen it. I wanted to see it when it came out because I heard I heard so much good
1: things from horror enthusiast friends of mine. They're like, Oh, you gotta go you gotta go see Ready or Night. But I mean I I'm happy that it actually got a theatrical release. Yeah. And it and it did pretty well for a what I assume is a pretty small movie budget wise. Right. So, and so that's
2: that's the other thing in addition to my first film and probably even my third film. All these films are Not necessarily hidden gems, especially this one, because the horror community did really gave it warm welcomes. Um, But I I feel like anybody outside of people who follow horror enthusiastically probably didn't go out and see it. Um, And I, I guess this is just maybe if you don't like horror, but you want to check out something that you might be pleasantly surprised by go out and see it
1: for those people out there who are like let's say sonia who (laughs) uh you know who scare easily and uh, avoid horror movies to avoid nightmares on a scale of one to ten how scary is it would you say
2: well i mean i also am generally in that category as well uh for me, I, I think the comedy helps balance it out to put it at like a 4, 4.5 okay. maybe. Um, I, I feel like if the comedy elements and the uh, wonderful third act weren't there, right. it would probably be a little bit higher because then you're relying more on horror thematics and elements that would probably get played up a little bit more. They might have deeper sound design in, in that that would be a little bit more climactic and scary as opposed to balancing the fun and lightheartedness of it. Not that it's actually, I mean this movie isn't lighthearted. It's pretty crazy on both spectrums of where it's coming from. But, uh, yeah, I'd say like a, like a four. I think I think you could handle it Sonia.
1: Well that's good to know for all those Sonia who are afraid of scary movies. A watchable scary movie that won't give you too many nightmares. Right. Um co- the comedy horror you know combo is just one of the one of the best combos uh, yes. in in cinema. Yeah. Uh you know if you're able to pull it off because it creates these endorphins that can't right. really be created in yeah, yeah. w- many other ways, you know like you're on the edge of your seat you jump you scream and then you laugh your ass off it's it's a roller coaster of emotions and all of them are good and it gets your heart pumping um, yeah
2: it's it's really the only way that i can watch horror films is <laughs> right. if there's some kind of comedy trickled in as well right
1: so cool uh, ready or not we will we will check it out i'm sure it is available uh on all streaming platforms to rent so now we're going to take a break when we come back all of our last of our gimme threes
0: Submissions are open for the 2020 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival, but not for long. Late deadline ends on January 31st, and the extended deadline ends on February 28th. Submit your film today before it's too late. For more info, visit LADFF.com or find us on Film Freeway.
1: All right, welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We are doing our special episode where each of our producers are doing a gimme three, a gimme three of 2019, and we are all on our last one. Hope you've enjoyed it so far, and I'm about to give you my last one, a film from China called Ash is Purest White. I'm not sure whether to consider this a romance movie or a mobster movie. Uh, if it's a romance movie, it's unlike any other love story I've ever seen. If it's a mobster movie, it's unlike any other mobster movie I've ever seen. It's, it's just cool. <laughs> it's just damn cool. Uh, it follows a female main character who's the girlfriend of a mobster. And in kind, she's, she's, you know, kind of a mobster herself. But ultimately, she just wants to live a normal life. And settle down with this man who she loves. So her boyfriend gets attacked in a hellacious, very well put together like fight scene. And she goes to defend him. She fires this gun in the middle of town uh, with like hundreds of people watching this fight. Uh, she fires this gun, which is uh, possession of a gun is like crazy illegal in China. She goes to prison for five years for him. This is the setup of the movie. And when she gets out, he's not there waiting for her, so she goes on the hunt for him. And her whole world has changed. Not only has her world changed, the cool thing about this movie is, like, it follows this character's many massive changes in her life, but it also spans about 17, 18 years in China, and you're watching this industrial change happen in the the country. Um, you know, mines closing, factories closing, sound familiar? So it's, it's dense, it's deep, uh, and it's got a whole new take on on a mobster movie that I just hadn't seen before. And I saw this movie before The Irishman, but when I wa- was watching The Irishman, I actually... I thought about this movie a lot in that it has a lot of the same themes, you know, like if you haven't seen The Irishman, hit uh, fast forward like three times right now. But, you know, like towards the end of The Irishman when you're living with this character and, you know, it's, it's it's a how the mighty have fallen kind of moment. And you have that same kind of feeling and loss of identity in this movie that was just it was uh, breathtaking, the way they handled it. And it's beautifully shot, the music's great, and the performances by the leads are a- absolutely stunning. Ash is purest White. It is available to rent on all streaming platforms, and I recommend you check it out. And if you're hardcore, if you're crazy hardcore, do a Ash is Purist White and uh, Irishman double bill.
2: But make sure you have the entire day set aside.
1: Yeah, it'll take six hours. Uh, no, actually, it'll take longer. It'll take seven hours. This, th- I mean, uh, the other thing, the Irishman so this obviously. This
0: is a three and a half hour. No, no, no. Movie the, from well, the, China? I-
1: the Irishman is three and a half hours. I'm not good at math. The Irishman's three and a half hours. This is a brisk two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> okay,
0: so, so five so hours yeah, and 45. Five hours minutes. and 45 minutes.
1: All right, Sonia, your final.
0: My final movie. I feel like I'm probably like the only person in the world that watched this movie. It's. Very, very obscure. (laughs) Damn you. you, I was trying to make a joke. I was going to say Avengers Endgame. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, It's neither of those movies. My final gimme three is Last Black Man in San Francisco. Essentially, it's about loss of home and loss of identity and trying to figure out where you are in the world that's changing much faster than you are. Um, As somebody who's from like the East Village of... New York and then now lives in North Hollywood, I've seen cities change drastically and uh, certainly not to the benefit of the poor people in the cities. So um, even though I'm not a San Francisco native, I I mean, I think I walked out of this movie and Nick was like, so what did you think? And I was like, just started bawling. Uh, So I really, like, felt this movie. It's also really cool because the lead actor, Jimmy Fails, is also, it's, like, actually his story, you know, with, I'm sure, like, embellishment. And he came up with the story with um, his really good friend, Joe Talbot, who ended up um, directing it and co-writing it. So it's, like, this incredibly personal story. In a lot of ways, I feel like you could relate it to blind spotting. Mm -hmm. Um, which was, like, my favorite movie or one of my favorite movies of last year. So, um, yeah, definitely, like, the evolution and loss of identity for the Bay Area is, like, something that I think is super interesting right now. Or, like, (laughs) it's not interesting right now. It's a bummer right now. But there's really good movies coming out Mm -hmm. about the topic. Um,
1: And it's relatable to...
0: us living in LA
1: to people living in New York. I'm sure to people, you know, all over the country where, you know, the home that they've known and loved is changing for money.
0: Yeah. But I like this movie because it also centers around a question that, um, maybe the main character, basically the (laughs) character is saying that this is like this beautiful, uh, Victorian home in San Francisco is like really the property of his family and they've been pushed out. And then these rich people vacate it and are trying to sell it. And he kind of becomes like a squatter, but he's also like loves this house and has been taking care of it and painting it and doing the gardening and all of these things for years. And so there's part of you that goes like, is this really the truth? Like, or is this just the story that he believes, but it doesn't really matter. Like there's this element of magic to the movie that they like execute really, really perfectly I mean, yeah, I would say like, I don't think I have a single thing I could say negative about the movie. I think it was truly like perfect. The music, the shots, uh, Jimmy is a skateboarder. So there's all these like incredible shots of him skateboarding in San Francisco, including like on these hills that I've driven down and like make my heart stop. And he's just like flying down them on a skateboard, you know, cause it's his home And he's, like, done that his whole life, and he's so, like, comfortable. Yeah. It was just a really awesome movie, and I think it, uh, I think, I mean, it was out, it was, but I don't think it was, like, a big movie. I don't think a lot of people saw it.
1: I thought it was going to get more love and attention than than it did, and when I saw it, I was, like, completely blown away. Was expecting it to, you know, have all the award buzz uh, towards the end of the year, and it... uh, uh, was not the case. Same thing with Blind Spotting last year.
0: Yeah, I totally thought Blind Spotting was like going to get Best Original Screenplay last year, but obviously I'm delusional or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just well, we won't go into the politics of it all. Yeah, but they were, but, they were, but it's watch them both, and 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 actually that would make a great double bill: Blind Spotting and Last Black Man in San Francisco. And that is not five hours and forty-five minutes. That's <laughs> a much it's more like four uh, hours, yeah, max, max. Um, that's a much more palatable double bill, but, um, it, it's a, it's a damn impressive first feature. Damn impressive. Blown away by some of the, uh, the shots and the editing and the performance. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you, you mentioned it all, but it's, it's, it's worth watching and worth rewatching for sure. Last black man in San Francisco. Well, one of the movies that almost was like last minute, I didn't put it on, but I, I I actually want to mention it right now. The reason why I didn't put it on is because it's not available anywhere. And it's not – I have no info on when, where, if it's coming out. But it's a movie we saw at the Austin Film Festival called Last Week at Ed's. Uh Uh, Uh-huh. It's a 40-minute documentary about the last week at – This uh, cafe that was in West Hollywood called Ed's Cafe that had been open for 50, 60 years. And it's just it's got a lot of similar themes to Last Black Man, Uh, loss of home, loss of identity. And you just uh, are in a very intimate documentary about these people losing something that is part of their lives. You know, we, we interview their regulars and everything that have been going there for years and years. And it's just heartbreaking. It was one of the most important movies, I think. Uh, that I saw this year, and I was audibly bawling in the theater when I saw this. And
0: I was there. It's you were true. there,
1: yes. Um,
0: People were looking.
1: And it's directed by Lawrence Kasdan of Star Wars and Indiana Jones fame, because he was a regular at this joint, and he just decided to give it, you know, a swan song, which is fantastic. But for the love of God, I hope this movie gets to see the light of day. Uh, in some form, and if it does, we will we'll we'll let our our listeners know because it was it was staggering.
0: Hey, if we're lucky, maybe we'll be screening it in West Hollywood yes. <laughs> on uh, August twenty third through
1: 29th or let's, whatever. Our let's make it dates happen. Are. Let's make it happen. But uh, to bring it back, the last black man in San Francisco. I believe it is streaming uh, on Amazon Prime. If you're a subscriber. And, um, you know, available to rent on other platforms, but really check it out. And again, with all, as with all the movies that we've suggested, let us know what you think about it. Okay, Mr. Kennedy, your third and final.
2: So my third one is Brightburn. This is the one that I actually feel like did go under most people's radar, boiled down. It's the story of what would happen if Superman was bad. A child lands on Earth, and instead of finding his powers and kind of becoming good, he becomes kind of an asshole. Hmm, uh, interesting. And kills a lot of people. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's it's got a, a little bit of kind of Chronicle-esque, uh, not necessarily as POV, kind of shaky cam, lost footage, but just in terms of like storytelling and how he finds his powers and then uses them. I, I felt it was a rather unique way of showing the story. Visually, it's fun. It's got it's got a lot of action. It also has a lot of uh, comedy. This is another film that's horror-driven that I wouldn't normally seek out. I, I hadn't even actually heard
1: of it. Um, so happy, happy, that you suggested it where yeah. who's in it Is there anybody of, of note in it uh,
2: Elizabeth Banks is the mother okay cool the main kid I hasn't done anything really that I know of It's got a couple fun side characters uh, Matt Jones mm-hmm. mainly known from Breaking Bad right Denver. he has a fun character in the the film that has one of the craziest on-screen deaths that I've seen all year right um, Which I'll 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 let you see that for yourself, (laughs) but uh, it was just it was a lot of
1: fun. Brightburn is the name of the film. Brightburn, Um, do you know where it's available?
2: It can also be found on Stars. One of your films was also on there, so maybe the listeners go out and get your Star subscription. Yeah, get your seven day free trial
1: or. Uh, you know stars if you're listening and you want to sponsor the show I say uh, you go know, go out and purchase that full subscription purchase all the stars purchase stars for your entire family actually so Sonia and Anselm thank you so much for your three if you happen to go along with our recommendations and you watch them please let us know what you think leave a comment on Spotify or iTunes or our Instagram thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Film Forward it was a lot of fun we hope you you had fun if you like this episode please like and subscribe share it with your homies you can follow LADFF on Instagram at LADiversityFilmFestival you can follow me at Nicholas Ibarra and you can follow Anselm at C-S-E-E Anselm thanks again and we'll see you at the movies our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy the podcast is produced by Anselm Sonia Maru and yours truly Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.